We're up to number 27. Sameach Bechelko. Sameach means to take joy, Bechelko, in his portion. We will interpret it and say that that's what is commonly known as being happy. Happy with what you have. There's a second aspect that you have to appreciate that whatever you have is all that you need. If it could be better, it would be. So if you have problems, that's what's good for you. A problem is an opportunity, a challenge. It's not something to feel badly about. So number one of this, of how, first take a reading, do you have it? Are you a happy person? And it's very very important to realize that there's a lot of confusion on this issue. If I ask people, are you happy? They say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Take a, an accounting with yourself. Are you a happy person? Are you happy now? There's confusion. B of this is, realize we'd much rather be happy than rich, and we don't know what exactly we mean by happiness, and whether we have it or we don't have it, or how much we have it. I'm happy enough. We know what money is about. And we'd rather be happy than rich. We don't know where we are on happiness. Isn't that indicative of a state of confusion? C of this is, I want you to realize that it can be, you can find a man who's twitching and blinking and you know that he's miserable and you ask him, are you happy? He says, sure, I'm happy. (laughs) You see, he's a nervous wreck. But he'll tell you, sure, I'm a happy person, of course. Twitching and blinking, you know, something's wrong, definitely wrong. You can tell there's something wrong, and yet he can think of himself as being happy. Okay, so step number two is, happiness is not survival. When people say I'm happy and they smile, which they mean to prove it, what they mean to say is, what they usually mean is, I'm not depressed, I'm not thoroughly miserable, I'm not aching, I'm surviving. It's not so bad. Say, I'm happy. No smile. So you'll ask him, why isn't it bad? What's, what's so good about it? Try it out. How come you're not depressed? How come you're... Basically, they'll say, well, I'm optimistic. I figure there'll be an upturn. The weekend, something nice will happen. Next week, I'll meet somebody interesting. I'm basically optimistic. And as long as I'm optimistic, I'm surviving. Number three is, please realize that there is another necessity to know how to be happy. And that is that youth is basically happy. Take a look at children. They're basically happy. You people are 20, 22, 23. As you get older, 25 is already you're having a little more difficult time. If there's anybody here 30, well, you know that it's getting a little sticky. (laughs) But as you grow older, the optimism sort of fades. And now you need a little more to know exactly how to go about being happy. You understand? B of this is that for all of us, even if we're we're still young, we remember having a depression. Well, that's why you want to know how to be happy. You want to know how to throw it off. C of this is if you find yourself or others being mean to other people, vicious, hurting them, angry, For sure, you're not happy. Happy people don't do it. When you're happy, you don't hurt anyone. So if you catch yourself lashing out at others, trying to hurt other people, then you pick up the happiness game that we're going to give you and work at it hard. 
But number four is, know that there are many levels of happiness. There's happy, enjoying life, and there's happiness where a person is in an ecstasy of existence. Life is a beautiful thing. It's gorgeous to be alive. It's wonderful. That's what you've got to aim at. See, when a person is enjoying skiing, and you tell them, I have a more beautiful ski run, longer, better snow, I don't know, uh, nicer scenery, faster track. Yeah. He says, yeah, where? If he doesn't enjoy it, he says, this is good enough. <laughs> no, if you have a, a wonderful time in, in, uh, at the ocean, and somebody tells you there's a more beautiful beach 15 minutes away, are you interested? Sure. It's the person who's not interested, is not interested in, in, in taking the time. Somebody who doesn't have pleasure is not interested in more. If you're happy, and somebody will tell you that there's more happiness available, there's a greater, you can become an expert at it, you're interested. Okay, just one more of this preparatory, and that is number five is that please realize that happiness, it's a means, it's a technique. Technique for living, it's not the end in itself. That's not the goal. We're not saying to be happy is the goal of living. It's just the means of what? Of using your potential. When you're happy, you have energy. You're optimistic. You have strength. You can take, you can take problems. You can hear better. Your digestive system works better. So be of this is realize that people equate happiness with an end, with complacency. They say, many people who come in and say, I'll teach you how to be happy. They say, well, if, I, if you teach me how to be happy and I'm successful at it, then what, I have nothing else to live for. That's it. <laughs> then what, what else will I do? So they're struggling to attain happiness, but God forbid that they make it. But that's a mistake. Happiness is, on the contrary, is energy to go on. It's not an end in itself. Yeah? It's to go on and get what you want. There are other pleasures. What other pleasures are there? Being good, accomplish, love. There's pleasures in life. Yeah. This isn't the top pleasure. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, a happy person might not be uh, sensitive to the, the other problems surrounding him, seeing as if he's content with his lot of life. Gary asks that a happy person, in as much as he's he's happy, is not sensitive to where other people are suffering. Yes. We say on the contrary, a happy person is sensitive to other people suffering. The reason we aren't sensitive to other people suffering is because we're avoiding pain. We want no part of it. We run. It's like, <laughs> I have enough trouble of my own. <laughs> a person who's happy has energy. He can pause. He can ask, what's the matter? He cares. Does that make sense, Gary? Yes. Number six is, happiness is not a happening. For Western man, happiness is a happening. They're waiting for something to happen. When you get married, meet the right girl, get the right job. When that happens, then everything will be hunky-dory. I'll be as happy as a lark the rest of my life. You see that? This is Western consciousness. Well, when I was a young man, there was still this concept that if only I had a car, you know, a 21-year-old, if only I had a car in Israel, they still have fellas. If only they had a car, they figure the rest of my life, I'd never make a complaint. I'd never have a problem. There was, that's it. That's all I need. That's a happening. They're waiting for a happening. So B of this is realize that it's nonsense. Realize 
There are plenty of people who have what you're looking forward to, and it didn't do the job for them. Maybe you've gotten a car and realized that a car isn't the solution to happiness. There are people who've met the girl and are miserable, who have a job and are miserable, who've made the million and are miserable. (laughs) The happening will not make it. See of this is, realize that there are plenty of people who don't have what you're looking forward to and are happy. See of this is, look around and you know that there are people who are wealthy, famous, accomplished, healthy, everything that you can dream of and are neurotic, suicidal, or commit suicide. So it's not in what you have. Get that clearly, firmly in, in your pipe and smoke it. It's not what you have. What you have has nothing to do with whether you're happy. Number seven is how. If it's not a happening, what makes a person happy? So A is realize happiness is to appreciate what you have, counting your blessings, taking pleasure in the pleasures you have, noticing them, enjoying them. That's what the secret of happiness is. A person who enjoys having a car, enjoys having hands, who enjoys having feet, is a happy man. The person who appreciates what he doesn't have is miserable. That's where you're focused. Focus on what you have and appreciate it, you're happy. Focus on what you don't have and appreciate it, you're miserable. All right, number eight is realize that even though, even though you accept And you appreciate that what you should do is appreciate what you have. It is not yet being happy. So what is it that does it? B is requires discipline, determined, hard work. Any habit that you want to change, and we use a disgusting habit for an example. If a person uh, has a terrible habit of picking his nose in public, which is an awful thing, and then he tries to be elected president of the United States, and on the first television program, he picks his nose, and then they say, you can't make it, friend. That's it. You know, that's it. You won't get a vote. Yeah? So he's really determined now, right? No more picking his nose in public. Yeah? His hand will sneak up. Yeah? Any habit, it's tough work to change. You, you follow that? A ridiculous habit like this. Now, if you have a habit of focusing your mind on what you don't have and on your problems and on the fact that you haven't made it and that you don't know how you're going to, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's not going to be easy to switch the focus. <laughs> it's hard work. It's a discipline. It's just your mind will go right back, just like your hand, you know. <laughs> your mind will go right back. Oh, but I, I wasted my life. Oh, but I haven't, haven't accomplished what I thought I should. Oh, but I don't seem to be getting anywhere. Oh, but oh, there's so many problems. Oh, but yeah, we'll just go woo, right back. So now you got to pull it back. Like you pull your hand, you know. you got to pull it and say, hey, it's a beautiful day. See if this is, therefore, always check yourself. Check yourself right now. Where is your mind? What are you focused on? The problems of being happy, on whether or not it's an issue, on how many things did you think would work before that don't work. Realize underneath it all is something you're focusing on, uh, mm, some problem. Yeah, okay. Turn it around. It's a beautiful day. Everybody agrees. It's a gorgeous day today. 
Yeah. It's good to be alive. Wonderful to learn about living. Yeah. Enjoy. You've got to each time take a reading. Where are you? At least ten times a day. Take a reading. Where are you? Where's your mind focused? <laughs> it's the wrong place. Most probably it's in the wrong place. It's in some dog hole over there. Pull them out. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, how much of your mind you focus on it? Come on, yeah. How much of your mind is still focused on? Yeah, I've, I've heard of good ideas before that didn't work. Agadalia, this one is also not going to work. You know, it's just another one of these. Huh? How much? Oh, it's, hey, it's a gorgeous day. Live it, the whole thing. Is it a gorgeous day? So forget anything else. Gorgeous day. Go ahead. Try it. It's a gorgeous day. Ah, come on. <laughs> Go on. Go on, Dalian. Yeah. I used to know this man who, you know, in the morning he could wake up, the dog bit him, he was from his apartment, you know, his wife left him. I mean, everything in the world that could go wrong went wrong. He would say, if somebody would go up to him and says, how are you? He would always say, wonderful. You know, say, oh, it's all right. It's wonderful. You know, I appreciated what he had to say, but eventually, if... By suppressing all these things that are wrong with you and suppressing all that feeling, won't, won't that eventually catch up with you? <laughs> don't, don't. You're not suppressing it. You're focusing on the good things. You see, you're suppressing it. You're saying, I'm not going to pay attention. That's not the way to be happy. That's not the way to be happy. That's the way to be a nervous wreck. Wait for a moment. Look, if you're playing ping pong, yeah? You say, right now, my, my, my what's going to be with the job tomorrow? You're there, you play, wang, 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 right? This is where you are, yeah? You're not suppressing anything. This is where you are, yeah? Be into a beautiful day. Be into a gorgeous ocean. This is where you are, that's all. That's it. There's good things around. Huh? You understand? It's not suppressing if you're, you're saying, I'm not going to think about it, yeah? When you're into something, it's got your attention. Put your whole attention into it. That's it. And enjoy. Then when you come down, you say, now, what am I going to do about a divorce? What am I going to do about a job? You, know, you feel things are good. Now, let's see. What can we do? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Realistically, how can you say, if you were to stay out and you lost your job and you have a wife and child to support, how can you worry about whether it's a gorgeous stay? Well, first of all, uh, if you ask, what if you lose your wife and child and, uh, and uh, God forbid, and you don't have uh, bread to support them? I mean, that's pretty heavy, yeah. So what good is a gorgeous day? Now, I don't, I don't want, God forbid, that you should have any such particular catastrophes. But let me tell you that when a person has a catastrophe, when you lose your, God forbid, your wife or father or mother or child, You'd be surprised how keen you can appreciate a gorgeous day. You'd be surprised how it opens you up to reality and how it heals. Okay, number nine is that realize this effort is an obligation. And what's the obligation? Say, hey, it's an obligation to yourself to be efficient, to be alive, to be energized, to be able to undertake, optimistic, to be a fighter, courage, you need to be happy. So it's an obligation to yourself, do it for yourself. But B of this is that all of us appreciate, how would you like to have 
miserable parents. Anybody would like to have a pair of miserable parents, a miserable brother? Did you travel through Europe? Did you ever travel through Europe with a guy who's miserable? Yeah? It's terrible, isn't it? How would you like to have miserable children? Yeah? Looking forward to it? Yeah? <laughs> Awful, right? It's a terrible thing, yeah? You understand? You don't like it when somebody is a complainer or he's, a, he's miserable or he's a down. You know it drags you down. It's your problem. So give your children happy parents, your wife a happy husband. Does that make sense? That's your obligation. Do for them what you would want them to do for you. Number ten is that, look, sadly, the most effective way of going about appreciating what you have, sadly, is to contrast with not having it. We can appreciate what we have if, God forbid, we're going to lose it. Then we appreciate it. So A of this is that there was a sign that used to be prevalent in the United States, especially in the garment industry, and maybe you can still buy it here and there. And the sign was a picture of a guy and. uh he was saying, I was miserable because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. Ever seen that sign? Huh? So if you focus on the fact that I have no shoes, I mean, that can make you very miserable until you meet a man who has no feet. And then you say, shoes? <laughs> At least I got what to put them on. So B of this is that we all know, we all remember when we were sick, or somebody in our family was very ill, or God forbid when we lost someone, how much we appreciate what it is that we lost. We all know this. Yeah? Appreciate it while you have it. I know a fellow who had three brothers and four sisters. They lived in California. They lived within a, an hour and a half drive of each other, and they never got together. And it went by five years, and he kept sending them invitations to you know, a family meeting, and they didn't show up. They didn't have the time. So one day, he sent them all an invitation. And in the invitation, he said, look, I'm inviting you to a barbecue. Come and join me on this and this Sunday. And if you're not going to come this Sunday, you're not going to come to visit me when I'm alive, don't come to my funeral. I don't want any part of you. They all showed up. They're just reminding him that when you die, they all come, they say, oh, why didn't we spend more time with him? Oh, well, dear brother, oh, yeah. And years can go by, we don't have time for our brother or sister. Do you see that? Power. Appreciate what you got. By contrasting it with, God forbid, if you didn't have. So see if this is that, look, there are hospitals and find blind people. Suffer with those that are around you who are suffering and you'll appreciate what you have. Suffer with a man who is down. Suffer with a man who is, who is old and can't walk up the stairs. Yeah? You'll appreciate what you have. It opens you up. It's the contrast. Number 11 is, make it easy. How do you make it easy? Make a list. This way you'll find it easy to be happy. Make a list. Spend one hour of good hard work. Enumerate all your blessings and put them in two categories. And number one, the material blessings like hands and feet and eyes and a car and a pen and a shirt. Yeah. And all your spiritual blessings like an appreciation of a beautiful day, love, understanding, God. One hour, work on the list. 
And then every day for 30 days, add one to each list. At night, go over and add one. It has to be a new one. What you're doing here is you're focusing your attention on what you have. You do it for 30 days, you've switched your focus. You've switched your habit. You train yourself to appreciate what you have. So see of this, in order to do this, use the slogan to motivate yourself. If you don't appreciate what you have, there's no use getting anything more. You'll never appreciate what you're going to get. Today we think, if only I had a yacht. Ah, it would be great. Yeah, we'll get used to that too. <laughs> you got used to having hands, you're going to get used to having a yacht. What else would you like? You'd like to be president? You'd get used to that too. What else? If you're used to having a father and mother and having eyes and teeth and, and using your mind, you'll get used to anything you get. Yeah. Why is it so much easier to focus on what you don't have than what you do have? The question is, how come people spend the time focusing on what they don't have when, after all, they can enjoy themselves by focusing on what they do have? Which is a very reasonable question. And the answer is that it's a very bad habit. Children don't do it. Babies, infants, they enjoy life. But as they grow older, they are taught that if they cry, they get something more. So they cry. Yeah. They are taught that by complaining that they don't feel good, they get attention. So they complain. They look for something that they don't have. Yeah. And little by little, we get into the habit. And what about yeah. the two guys that are working in the one guy, oh, I'm happy with my day-to-day life. He breaks his back 10 hours a day and carries boxes. When the other guy says, I'm unsatisfied, he goes to his boss, he gets a raise, and this poor guy has been working, you know, three times longer. He's making less money than the other guy who was just there for two months, but he had the inclination and this... Mark, I, 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 Mark is asking, the fellow who's, who's miserable with his lot, he walks up to the boss and he says, come on, yeah, I'm working so hard for you. Give me a raise. Well, the guy who's happy with his lot, he breaks his back working harder than the other guy, and he's happy, so he doesn't understand that he should ask the boss for a raise. I'm telling you, Mark, it's a misunderstanding. Happiness isn't dumb. <laughs> Happiness is not dumb. First of all, if he works hard at the job, he doesn't break his back. He's on the contrary. He enjoys his work. He takes a look at his boss, and he says, hmm, look, this guy wants a good, happy worker. I'm optimistic. Most probably, you'll appreciate how good I'm working. So you know what? He asks his boss, give me a raise. Why not? You got the wrong. You think happiness is complacency. Happiness is that you just suffer. Nah, come on, happiness is with it. He's with it. He's smart. He's alert. Okay, we're up to number 12 is that there's a more sophisticated use of this drill and a tougher, this is really hard work. Take this list of all your blessings, all the goodies that you have, from your hands to your feet, your eyes, and your power of love, and a beautiful day, and beauty, and music, and everything you got. Yeah? And what you do is spend a half an hour a day for one month putting in according to priority. What is more important, your hands or your feet? What do you say? Which do you think is more important, hands or feet? Hands. 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 How many for feet? 
How many for hand? 50-50. Well, let me tell you. Let, let me focus your attention. Let me focus your attention. You see, feet is a lot more sensational than you feel tied down. But hands you use practically every minute. Use it to write, to scratch your nose. You don't understand. To scratch your nose, to feed yourself. Yeah? It would be a mistake. Be a mistake. You don't appreciate your hands. See? But the idea is put it in priority. It makes you think. Does that make sense? It makes you think. Which are more important, your eyes or your uh, ears? How many for eyes? How many for ears? The Talmud tells us, Judaism teaches us that ears are more important. Yep. Now it's hard to imagine. You see, we're, we're taken up with our sensation. Eyes we see all the time, we see. But understanding comes through the ears. Explanation and understanding is with the ears. If you make a list of priorities, you start thinking about it. You start feeling them. You start touching them. You appreciate what you have and how many different ways you have it and how important they are and how precious they are. Now then you start putting in which would you appreciate, which is more important. You understand your, your uh, sensitivity to beauty or your hands. Hmm? hands. Your brother or your hands. <laughs> down, down, shut. You're down here quiet. <laughs> then you should cross them spiritual and your father and your mother or your hands. Yeah? Now, father and mother are also um, a material benefit. You know, you get some aid once in a while. Yeah? But besides that, the fact that they love you, how, how valuable is it? Even if you don't get anything from it. How valuable. Now, it's difficult, it's hard. But, friend, now you start appreciating what you got. This is the happiness drill. Happiness game. B of this is that after you play it for at least 30 days, then I would suggest that whenever you catch yourself being miserable or upset about not having something, put it into your priority board. You see? You didn't get the job. You're all upset. Okay, take out your priority. You know. Now, where does that come? If I, I'd rather have that job than hands. No. I'd rather have that job than than uh, my wife and kids. No. Okay. I'd rather have that job than than what? You find it's all the way down in the priority. So, a sense of proportion. I mean, what are you aggravating yourself about? You get it? A PhD. What? Where is it? Hands, feet. No. Teeth. Do you rather have a PhD than teeth? <laughs> Why don't you check it out? You know, it's okay if you like a PhD better than teeth. Put it there. But at the same time, <laughs> it's not before your hands and your feet. You, you follow? So it gives you a sense of proportion as to what's bothering you. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> what if, okay, so you make your priority list. But don't do it until you've done the the other thing for uh, you know for thirty days. Otherwise, you. Have, <laughs> You won't have a good judgment when it bothers you. You'll put it all the way on the top of priority. Better than hands and feet and eyes and ears and teeth. Okay, yeah. but what if you do, um, God forbid, lose one of those um, high priority things? 
You see, they, they, um, um, Gary asked, what if you lose uh, your eyes? Yeah. So now you're going to really be miserable. Fella came into, it was really an apartment before this. He came in, and I noticed that this guy was a young fella, and I told him, you know, I've never met a happier fella than you. It was just noticeable. The first thing I said to him is, how do you do it? It's fantastic. You're full of, of happiness. So he said to me, he was a Dutch fellow, and he said to me, I got a gift of happiness when I was nine years old. He got a gift of happiness. I didn't figure, what the heck, you know, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. I said, what do you mean? Who gave you a gift of happiness? He said, God gave me a gift of happiness when I was nine years old. Figured some flaky kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God gave him a gift of happiness. But I said, come on, tell me about it. You know, I'd like to hear about it. So he said, well, when I was nine years old, I was riding a bike in Holland and Amsterdam, and a wind came and knocked me off my bike. And sprawled out in the roadway, and a big truck came by, and it was full of sand. And the truck went over my leg. And my leg got cut off and it was five feet away from me. And I looked at my leg and I was very depressed. And I said to myself, this won't do you any good. And that was it. I forgot about it. Then he's told about the whole story, how they took him to the hospital. A very interesting story. Took him to the hospital and he's in the hospital and they patched him up. And his parents come. And his parents come in and they say, Oh, wow, my old son, what's going to be? Don't have a leg. What's going to be? Terrible, terrible. He said to them, he said, he's nine-year-old says to his parents, he says, you're going to have to get used to it. They said, we're going to have to get used to it. You're going to have to get used to it. He says, no, I don't. They said, what are you talking about? He said, I'm used to it. He said, I got a gift of happiness when I was nine years old. I noticed that all my friends get all wrapped up and all warped up about nothing. For me, I appreciate what I got. If God forbid you lose your eyes, you'll learn to appreciate what you got. Okay, number 13 is that look, and... Reality, the essence is to appreciate that not being happy is like a spoiled brat. So let's give an example. If you're standing there at Hebrew University, you know, on the main campus, and up they come, they drive up with a beautiful new Buick, air-conditioned, the whole works, you know, a beautiful car. Yeah? And I drive up, and a guy comes out, and he takes out the keys, and he sees a young man standing there, and he hands the young man the keys, and he says, it's yours, a present from your father. Yeah? Everybody's looking, wow, we, woo, you know, Hebrew University, you can imagine, yeah? And this kid starts crying. He starts crying. Everybody wants to know, what's he crying about? What's, what's up, you know, what's he crying about? So you figure that maybe his father died, this is a gift from the grave, you know, people are concerned, he's bawling, he's bawling, he's disconsolate. Yeah? Finally, they get a couple of words out of him. I wanted a Cadillac. What do you think? Dirty brat, huh? He wanted a Cadillac. Yeah. Well, all right, you want a Cadillac? Go ahead, uh, you know, hire out the Buick, work a little more, trade it in. Yeah. But for goodness sake, you get a Buick, right? So B has realized that that is us, my friends. That's us. Whatever we have, 
is a heck of a lot more than a Buick, and the difference to what we're thinking about is less than from a Buick to a Cadillac. We have eyes and feet, I mean, for nothing. Mind, live in a free country, you have an education. For nothing. What did you do? And what are you looking for? What is it that you'd like? Big deal. That's where we're focused on. I wanted a Cadillac. That's the essence. Fourteen is that, look, Jewish consciousness was that when a Jew gets up in the morning, the first thing that he says is, thank God I'm alive. That's moda anila fanecho, right? Thank God that I'm alive. When it comes to the synagogue, so there's a series of blessings that you're supposed to thank the Almighty for what he's given you. The first thing that we thank the Almighty for is that we have a mind. Sechvi vino. We can understand. The second thing that we thank the Almighty is that we're Jewish. The third is that we have eyes. The fourth is that we have clothes. The fifth is that we're not paralyzed. Now, you ask, why don't we ask for under, for our ears that we're not deaf? That's an understanding. <laughs> That's the first thing. Pay attention. And to the priorities, and to how we go about thanking them. There's something to learn. Pay attention. Number 15 is that as far as the Jewish people is concerned, the greatest good in life is to be alive. May Yusainan Odom Chai, the Pusik says, what will a man complain about if he is alive? If you're alive, you have nothing to complain about. Nothing. Life is the greatest, the greatest pleasure that there is. Now, that's very difficult for Western men to understand because if you ask somebody, Western man, is it good to be alive? He says, well, what comes with it? <laughs> What's the situation? <laughs> you know, you've got to know. How can I give you an answer? In Judaism, we say you're alive. It's pleasure. What's the pleasure? Being, meaning, existence. Awareness, that's what it all adds up to. What do you got more if you appreciate beauty? It takes a little study to appreciate that life is, is, is marvelous. Number 16 is understand and remember the difference between joy and happiness. Joy is anticipation. Happiness is realization. And so to illustrate B is most people take joy in making money, in finding money, in getting money. Few, very few people appreciate, <coughs> are happy with the money they have. Everybody uh, would know, wouldn't take joy if he made $100,000, jump with joy. Yeah? Very few people are happy because they have $100,000. Nonsense. If you didn't have a pair of feet and somebody gave you a pair of feet, you'd have joy. You'd say, wow, you'd anticipate, I'd be able to move around, nobody will have to carry me. Yeah? The anticipation is easy. The pleasure of having fades quickly. But you won't complain about the fact that you don't have a job if you get a pair of feet. Yeah? Not for a couple of weeks. After a couple of weeks, you start complaining. Yeah? So D is, which things are easier to be happy in the long run? That's accomplishments. You save someone's life. You bring children into the world. Be happy with what you've done. Have you helped humanity? Have you tried? That's a way of knowing what is meaningful in life. Number 17 is that, look, if you focus on yourself one time and you find yourself to be down, lethargic, 
miserable, etc., depressed, irritated, whatever it is, focus your mind. Why? What's on your mind? What caused it? Worry, a desire, a lust, something, something's bothering you, yeah? That's where your mind is. That's where you focus. Right? Get that focus. B is switch your focus. Drive that away. I'm not going to think about it. Switch your focus. It's a beautiful day. Great to be alive. If once you accomplish this, you're able to switch from misery to happiness, you're a new man. And if you can pull yourself out of a depression one time, breakthrough, now you really know the power that's in your hands. Okay, 18 is wisdom is a powerful thing for living. It's one of the pleasures. Look at it as such. Put it into your priority list. Number 19 is whenever you're having a heavy time, you're fighting with your parents, you're worried about a job, you're irritated by a friend, you know, before you try and apply for a job, before you try and react to your parents or to your children or to your wife or to your husband, yeah? First, it's a beautiful day. If you're going to talk out of your frustration and bitterness and, and upset, you're not going to get the job, you're going to get fired, you're just going to antagonize your parents or your children or your wife or your husband, etc. You follow? So first, it's a beautiful day. Throw yourself into it. Okay, why do we need this? Happiness is energy. It's power. Happy people are healthy. They hear better. They see better. The eyes function better. So it's power for living. The rabbis pointed out in a very powerful manner. They say, who's really a rich man? The man who has millions of dollars or the man who enjoys what he has? What's the good of having millions of dollars if you don't enjoy it? Right? The rich man is a man who enjoys what he has. What's the use of giving your kids a new toy if they're not going to enjoy it? They don't enjoy their own one. Teach them first to enjoy what you got. Enjoy what you have. Then you'll be able to appreciate what you're going to get. You have been listening to the 48 Ways to Wisdom 